since you received at junior youth camp. So what we're doing is working. Amen. It is working. It, it is real. And uh, God is still powerful. So that's the reason why we continue to do so and we continue to work. And I do appreciate all of those who have worked so hard and uh, put forth the effort with the puppets and cooking and, and the working. I do appreciate it very much. And always know that your labor is not in vain. We may not get a lot of recognition here in this life, but we're not working for what we get out of this life. We're working for what is to come. Amen. Praise God. And we're looking for God to do great things for us and uh, just to continue to work for God. And uh, we want to make some announcements. One, I would like, uh, when we uh, stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord, I'll, I'll just move on to the next one. I'll make mention of that one when we stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. But for all of you who do not have anything to do, and there's never anything going on, I'm going to give you some things to do for the next uh, four weekends, or next three weekends, excuse me. Uh, this weekend, Friday night, the 14th, Brother Corcoran will be having an anniversary over in Nederland. Everyone is welcome and uh, encouraged to go over there and um, celebrate with Brother Corcoran and his family of pastoring there in Nederland. Also, uh, the 21st, there is a youth rally at Brother Harrington's in Burr Ferry. And uh, so all of you are welcome to go over there. We'll be trying to get up. A load for that and uh, to take over there to Brother Harrington's the 21st. Uh, Brother Jackson in Highlands is having a youth rally the 28th. So that's the next three Fridays in a row. And uh, so uh, everyone is welcome to go over there. I will be preaching a youth rally in North Louisiana that night, so I will not be attending that youth rally. Then um, the 23rd, or the 24th, I believe, is Sunday. The 24th, Brother Houston Betts will be here with us, and that's the young Brother Betts. And uh, we're going to have Youth Week that week. So every night, the week of the 24th, we'll be doing something with the young people. And um, you can wind that up Friday night over at Brother Jackson's if you'd like to. So <clears throat> that will be going on, and uh, we're looking forward to God doing something great for us. Brother Houston will be with us uh, that Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then again Wednesday night. That week will be dedicated to the young people, and uh, they're getting ready to go back to school, and uh, they need all the power of the Holy Ghost that they can get. And uh, so looking forward uh, to that week. So there's plenty of things to do. Uh, plenty of activities going on. And uh, it's good to see Sister Frances in church tonight. Me and her had a conversation in the hallway of the hospital the other day. And I'm glad she's here tonight. Lord bless her today. Good to be in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> I have been staying up all hours of the night, so I got my days and nights mixed up. You would think that sun coming through that window would give me some indication that it was daylight hours, but I'm not, my mind is not thinking correctly, so bear with me today. Also, it's so good to have Brother McDaniel say something this morning. He don't like to say a lot. He says he has trouble getting up here and getting down. So I said it'd be good just to come up here before service and just stay up here till it's over. 
And I appreciate Brother McDaniels. And uh, glad he's here with us. Brother McDaniel brought a uh, paper to me last week, and uh, kind of yeah, it's encouraging to see people working in this direction. And uh, he had a paper of his testimony and had a God Hope card stamped to it. He said, "You think they'd let me pass these out at Walmart?" I said, "Well, Brother McDaniel, you can do it until you get called, anyway." And uh, so I do appreciate. See, no matter. No matter what age bracket you fall in, there still, there still ought to be a fire in our spirit that, that makes us want to tell somebody about the Lord. Amen. Looking forward to revival. Looking forward, uh, to God doing something great for us. Uh, right now, uh, we were supposed to start in September. Right now, our evangelist is still tied up, so we do not have a firm date on the day that we will start. But I pray that, I believe that God is in all that we do, and I want this church to be praying for God to give us revival, give us an increasing of souls. The way you do that, you fast, you pray, you worship, you pray, you, you walk, you pray, you talk, and you pray, and you invite, and you pray, and God will bring it to pass. Also pray that if our evangelists can't make it, that God will send us the right evangelist. Amen, that we can have a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Looking forward to October, and uh, if it would cool off a little bit, we're going to set up a tent over here uh, to my left, and uh, we're going to have a few services in the tent, and uh, we, might, we might throw some sawdust out on the ground, and us good old holy rollers just roll in the sawdust a little while for old time's sake. And uh, that will bring back vital memories, I know. I think the, uh, one of the only, I think I've been in two different tent meetings before and I can remember one of them was over in Vider when I was very young at camp meeting. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Lord and looking forward to God doing something great for us. If you would stand and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 18. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And verse number 18, while we are standing, I would like us to lift our hands and have very a special prayer for Brother Hammer that pastors in uh, Port Arthur. His son had a four-wheeler accident, and he's in Children's Hospital in Houston, I believe. And uh, so let's ask the Lord to give him a miracle in his body today. We have a couple of four-wheeler, our, our rangers, accident survivors here that can testify to the fact that God is a miracle worker. So let's just pray for that need right now. God, we know that You're able. We know that You can, Lord. And our faith and our confidence, our trust is in You. Touch that young man today. Give him a miracle in his body, Lord. Touch him, God, and we'll give You all the praise and all the glory. In all the honor, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. If you would read these words with me. But unto us which are... Saved in the power, it is the power 
of God. Let's try that again. Read it. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The reason why I wanted you to read the last part and focus upon that because I believe by uh, you being here today that we do not fit the category for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness because we have a different goal in mind. Amen. How many has a different goal in mind? I don't believe I'm going to perish in this walk with God. I don't believe that I'm going to make my bed in hell, but I'm on my way to heaven. How many is on your way to heaven today? Praise God. I want to talk to us just for a few minutes this morning about the cross. Just simply the cross. I, I don't know how I will um, go or if it will be just talking or testifying or preaching or whatever you want to call it. They say when you're, when you're going slow and you're boring, it's teaching. And when you're going fast and red in the face and screaming, it becomes preaching. But I, I hope that it will, whatever form that it comes to you in, that it will minister to you today because I feel this very strongly on my heart. The cross is so important to us. The cross is a well-known symbol. I guess it was known before Christ probably, but I think that it has been magnified beyond belief since Christ was nailed to an old rugged cross or an old rugged tree. No matter, uh, you know, there's a lot of different religions uh, and philosophies in the world today. And uh, people have their different opinions and different beliefs and different symbols. But I would say out of all religions today, there is no more popular symbol than the symbol of the cross. People hang the cross in their home. People hang the cross on the rearview mirror of their their car. People hang the cross on uh, their their neck or put it around their arm or people even go as far as to have the cross tattooed on their body. Uh, people know what the cross is. They know what the symbol of the cross represents. But there is a difference in what it represents than what the cross really means. Amen. It's just like the difference in Knowing God and knowing God. I know I said the same thing, but there is a vast difference in someone who knows God and someone who just knows God. There is an experience that must take place. And that is the same thing that happens with the cross. The thing that makes the cross come alive, and I have heard that uh, different art projects and uh, different people trying to make idiots out of themselves and fools out of themselves have, uh, they have went so far to put the cross in bad places and do terrible things to the cross. 
to try to uh, diminish the power of the cross. They, I remember, I believe it was somewhere, I don't know if it was the late 80s or early 90s, but there was a big stir that was going about. They were trying to do an art exhibit, and some some very foolish person was wanting to take the cross, and they did. And uh, they put it in a bottle of urine to try to deface the power and the glory of the cross. To say the cross does not mean anything and it's just a symbol with no power. To them, the cross is foolishness because they perish. They do not know what the cross is. The cross does not have any meaning to them. They know the symbol of the cross. Different religions make the symbol of the cross over their heart for different situations. I'm not sure what all that does or what all that represents, but but the Scripture said He gave Himself to the cross, speaking of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, And verse number 8 says, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. There was some stir that was going on a few years ago about a movie that was being made called The Passion of the Christ. And uh, they were upset because that it was casting a bad light, some said, on the Jews because they were the ones who were crying out, crucify Him. And they were the ones who had Christ crucified. But the Scripture said that no man take my life. No man had the power of the authority. Even when he went before Herod, Herod did not have the power, nor did he have the authority over Jesus Christ. When he went to Pilate, and Pilate wanted Christ to recognize that I have the ability to speak life or to speak death in your case, Pilate did not understand that Pilate, you don't have the authority to take my life. He said, are you a king? Jesus looked at him and said, thou sayest that I am a king. For this cause was I born. For this cause came I into the world. No man can take my life. But Jesus said, I willingly take, I willingly lay down my life. When they came to Him in the garden, I feel the Holy Ghost when I'm talking about the power of the cross. When they came into the garden to find Jesus, they came with a group of men. Jesus looked at them. Why come ye unto me to take me like I am a criminal? I taught daily in the temple. I was among you daily. What's this little group of men going to do unto me? And they reached to grab Him. And Jesus, the power of God, 
just moved upon them and they fell to the ground. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd have been in that group, I'd have said, Hey, guys, you go ahead and take him if you want him. It's kind of like, kind of like a boxing match that my brother and another guy was having some years ago. Uh, my brother, I think he was about 16 years old. And, uh, this grown man wanted to box him. And, uh, there's about the same size. So my daddy said, well, if y'all want a box, just go at it. And so the guy's wife was over there and said, get him, man. Get him. Get him. And, uh, his, his name was Freddie. And he'd say, get him, Freddie. Get him, Freddie. Go get him. So they got there and they were sparring around a little bit. And, uh, guy was kind of getting the better of him. And, uh, <clears throat> she, had, she was hollering at him, come on, come on, get him, Freddie, get him, Freddie, get him, Freddie, and kind of encouraging him. Finally, the, the fight got kind of lopsided in Guy's favor. And, uh, finally, Freddie took the gloves and he started throwing them on the ground and she said, come on, Freddie, get him, get him, Freddie. And he turned around and he said, look, said, if you want him, you go get him. So if I would have been those men that came after Jesus and He just moved and we all just hit the ground without ever Him laying a hand on I said, I wonder what's going to happen if He touches me. Things are not going to happen good in my favor. I think I would have just said, hey boys, I'd have dropped my torch and my sword and I'd have went back to the house. But they were persistent and the only way... They could take him. Peter took out his sword and cut off one of them's ear. And Jesus said, put away your sword, Peter. These men can't harm me, but I willingly go to the cross. That's what makes a cross, one of the things that makes a cross so powerful. He had the power to say, no, I'm not going to go to the cross. But willingly, he went. And he laid down his life. The scripture says in Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 18, the scripture says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, the apostle said, for they, they, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Many walk and they are against the cross of Christ. I believe that the apostle was talking about those who once knew God, who walked away from God. Even though you can take it and, and put it in these terms that it's those who fight at the cross and they resist the power of the cross. I don't know about you today, but I have no desire in ever becoming an enemy of the cross. I look at the cross as being my friend. Amen. What the cross did for us in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20, and having made peace through the blood of His cross. By Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they 
Be the things in the earth or the things in the heaven. Peace was made by the blood of His cross. Without the cross, God was unapproachable. What we feel today was untouchable and unfeelable. Amen. We find that Moses saw the burning bush. He saw the glory, but could not experience the glory. But thanks to the power of the cross. Amen. Thanks for the blood that was shed on Calvary. That we can walk boldly unto the throne of grace. Oh, hallelujah. It's the power of an old rugged cross. It's the power of a bloody hillside where precious blood streamed down an innocent man's face. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Can you just envision with me just for a few moments this morning about the power of the cross and what took place on Calvary's hill. The blood that was shed, the bruises and the stripes that was placed upon His back, the crown of thorns that was placed upon His head. It was not because the sins that He had committed, because He was a holy and a righteous man that knew no sin. He was that spotless Lamb, Amen, that they took and they offered Him on Calvary's hill. He stretched His hands wide and He said, Hey, put the nail right there. That nail is for Jim. That nail is for James. That nail is for John. That nail is for Peter. That nail is for us today. The blood that was shed on Calvary. I'm thankful for the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. People would say, oh, don't talk about such a bloody, gory place called Calvary. If it was not for Calvary, we would not be here today. If it was not for the power of the cross, I want to tell you, young people, you better get a vision of an old, rugged, bloody cross. Amen. You better get a vision of the blood that was shed for you. I want to tell you, if you'll see him walking up Calvary's hill and being nailed to a cross, it'll keep you from sin. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People say, oh, you got to sin a little bit every day. So pick the sin you like the best. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Because they are an enemy of the cross. 
Because through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been made righteous. I have been made holy. I have been made pure. Oh, I had sin in my life, but He nailed them to an old rugged cross. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 14. It said, blocking it all out the handwriting, our handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. What's that meaning? He's going back from the very day that Adam sinned in the garden. To this very present time. And every sin that man has committed. The Bible said that blood was so powerful that it flew by, that it flowed backwards and it flows forward. And that blood has not lost one ounce of its power, one drop of its power. I come to tell you today that your sins have been nailed to an old rugged cross. The devil would say you're not worthy to praise. You're not worthy to lift your hands. You're not worthy to stand to your feet and magnify God. No, but the power of the cross, the power of the cross, the power and the glory of the cross has made me worthy. Hallelujah. 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 When the devil comes to you and reminds you of your sins. What you need to do is remind the devil of the cross. When the devil says, I'm reminding you of all of your failures, you need to remind him of what happened on Calvary. Because devil... When it comes to the blood of Jesus Christ, you can't cross the bloodline. I've been blood bought. I've been blood bought. I've been blood bought. My Savior loves me. My Savior cares about me. My Savior's crazy about me. My Savior's saving me. Hallelujah. All of my sins. All of my failures. Somebody scream all. All. How many all? All of my sins. All of my failures. All of my shortcomings have been nailed to Calvary's cross. Oh, I'm thankful for the power. I'm thankful for the power. I'm thankful for the power of the cross. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. People would say that it's hard to be saved. People would say that it's difficult to get to heaven. People would say that it's tough 
to make it and be what God wants you to be. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Because to go to hell, you have to go over the cross. On your way to hell, there's a cross that's being held up on Calvary's hill. Can you get a vision and an understanding that God loves you so much? People think God wants to keep me out of heaven. God wants to keep me away from Him. No, He wants you so bad that He said, Nail me to an old rugged tree. Place a crown of thorns on my head. Put nails through my feet because He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And He wants you to be saved. It's all about an old rugged cross. It's all about Calvary's heel. Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did he go to Calvary's hill? He endured the cross for you and I. He despised the shame as they spit in His face for you and I. Can you imagine the pain and the agony? You say, oh, He was God manifest in the flesh. He didn't... Oh, you're out of your mind. Why do you think He was praying in the garden, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he goes, and how do you feel? How do you think it felt with that bloody scratch torn up back? One scripture says in the Old Testament prophecy that he would be beaten so bad that his very countenance would be marred. That you could not even hardly see and understand and know that this was the man, Jesus Christ. The blood running down his back and then nailing him to the cross and that beaten and bruised, bloody back with his rib cage showing the flesh torn off of him. He lays on that splintery, rough cross. The sweat, the burn, the sting, the pain as he is gasping for breath. He endured the shame. He didn't have to. When they spit in His face, it wasn't because of Him. It was because of you. It was because of myself. It was because of sin that mankind had done. No sin. All He'd done was heal them. All He'd done was raise their dead. All He'd done was preach to them. But now He's stretched out on a cross. 
I want you to get a vision of how much He loves you today. If you're running from God, walking away from God, I want you to get a vision of what He did for you. The blood that was shed on Calvary. As you're walking today, you might walk out of these doors without praying, without committing to God. But I want to tell you, when you step outside these auditorium doors, there's a cross that's sticking up in your face. And you're saying, just move out of the way, cross. I've got other things to do. I've got other plans. But I come to tell you, don't go past the bloodline. Amen. Apply the blood of Christ to your life today. He loves you so much. As we stand, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want everyone praying with me just for a moment this morning. The woman who was caught in the very act of adultery when they brought her to Jesus, they cast her at the Master's feet, caught in sin. Caught in the very act of adultery that was worthy of death. They were about to stone her. They said, Jesus, the law and the prophets say that this woman must be stoned. But what do you say? And he begins to to write something in the dirt. I, I, I wonder... If he just took and he just draw the symbol of what is to come. And he draw the symbol of the cross. She's worthy of death. But there's a cross that's standing in her way right now. There's power in the cross. There's power in the cross. When all of them dropped their rocks and rope, she said, he said, woman... Where are thine accusers? She said, There is none left but you, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. God is coming to you today. He does not condemn you. He does not look down a long, self-righteous nose at anyone. But He said, I went to Calvary. I went to Calvary. Saints of God, when you fall, when you stumble, when you make mistakes, you do things that you should not do. Remember, there's still a bloody cross. The blood of Jesus is still powerful enough. God is calling someone right now. Would you just step out from where you're standing and make your way to this altar and say, God... I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the power. Of the cross. I'm thankful for the 